On this week's episode of Third and Forever, Kevin and I recap week seven of the NFL season. We go into our segments, Performance of the Week, Nathan Peterman Award, Stock Up, Stock Down, and preview week eight. And end things as always, a two-minute drill. All right, let's go. This week's episode of Third and Forever, presented by 10,000 Takes. I'm your host, Adam Oz, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Holm. Kevin, how are we doing this week? Good, good. And uh, got got some kind of a, a plot twist, I guess you could say, to share. So okay. last week, I didn't mention it while we were recording. I know I had told you previously, um, but I was in attendance for this last week's Packer game, but at the time of recording, I was waiting on a COVID test result because I had a close contact like a week ago. And mm. so I didn't want to say it out loud because I thought that if I said it on the podcast, that would jinx it, which is kind of a, a nice barometer of how uh, my mental illness is going these days. But uh, the point is that I was negative twice, actually. Um and so I got to go to Green Bay, and I got to watch this game in person. And I don't know if you want to jump right in, or do you want to do news first? Yeah. Um, we always like we forget only, news. We always get so wrapped news, up. The only news, so like we'll we'll talk about because obviously your team has. Oh, some, there's there's some news some this news week. Happening, yeah, that's... but that's going to be for we'll talk about in the week eight preview. But literally, I don't know, because like the trade deadline's popping up, coming up. I think it's the second of November. It's kind of the, say the, the calm deadline. before the storm right now. Yeah, and there's granted, a lot of yeah, a lot of question marks, a lot of speculation. Mark uh, just found out uh, Mark Ingram was just traded from the Texans back, to, or now he's back with the Saints. So it's like, and and now okay. the Saints are all their problems are solved because yeah. Mark Ingram's back and running back was clearly the position that they had the most issue with. So yep, yep. You, you'll love to see that. <laughs> I think uh, they got to be the odds on favorite for the Super Bowl now. But yeah, I was going to say, yeah. usually with the trade deadline, I feel like every year, you know, the, the expectations, we always kind of hype it up and then like something happens, but yeah, it's never really up to kind of the, yeah, the NFL, the NFL trade expect. deadline has always been the NFL as a whole trades are just don't happen like they're not like massive blockbuster deals like you see in yeah a lot of the other sports of the major sports um it, it just teams are not as apprehensive about like going all in on a season like they are maybe in the mlb or massive franchise pieces are traded like in the nba it's just well and especially in the middle of the season you know sometimes there are big crazy trades that happen in the off season predominantly in the middle of the season you're you're probably not going to be as likely to find stuff like that but still it's noteworthy it's something we should talk about it's, it's on the horizon here yeah and so i'm sure next week we'll uh have some more news about it the biggest name obviously is kind of deshaun watson still unsure what's happening there keep people keep an eye on that other guys like brandon cooks are possibly rumored to be on the move and marlon mack know. had like Marlon and, Mack, and, and yeah. the Colts, they they like mutually agreed to trade him like two months ago, yeah. and he's still a Colt. So I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> so I think it's just a matter of figuring out 
what's going to happen. I don't know. They just find the right deal. You know, yeah. it is what it is. So, um, but that's kind of really not a whole lot of news other than stuff we'll t- already talk about later in the show. So let's just go right into it. Uh, obviously, you know, Vikings game this week, we were on by. It was a much needed week off. Uh, yeah, I bet. I bet it was nice. I, I, I feel I, I'm ready, ready to be tormented and hurt again. So I'm, I'm, in the I'm words ready of to go. Michael Scott, I am yeah, ready, I am ready to, to be hurt, hurt again. again. So uh, let's go right into the Packer game. You were at this game. Yes. So you, as so, you said, you were at this game. Yes, I was in attendance. Uh, you know, huge shout out to uh, my parents who, you know, were able to get the tickets. And I came down and we met in Green Bay and went to the game. And it was it was really awesome. I don't get to go to a ton of games you know, A, just because, you know, there's kind of an expensive factor and it's far away. And so it's really kind of a uh, a special treat to get to go. And when I heard we were going to this game before the season started and I was like, oh, I'm a little a little apprehensive. The football team, they're, they're probably pretty good. Well, they're not. Uh, they're not very good this year at all. And so that was honestly good. I was talking with my dad afterwards and I was like, you know, I'm sure some people, they'd want to go see a dramatic you know, nail biter victory at the end kind of game. I I'd rather just see a, a fairly standard win, you know, not not risk a, a giant letdown or anything like that. And that was pretty much what we got here. It was it was kind of a weird game. There were two blocked field goals and back to back possessions. Yeah, on back to back possessions, <laughs> one for each team, and then kind of. Towards in the, I think it was in the second quarter and third quarter, there were like three or four red zone drives by the football team that mm-hmm. resulted in like three points total, I think, which really bucks the trend in terms of the Joe Barry red zone experience that we had had up to that point. It, uh, it was three red zone drives that resulted in zero. Points. Yeah, and then there was going. I, if, yeah, and then there was that the fumble that resulted in a touchdown for uh, like their opening drive where he got sack fumbled. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, like they they drove down three straight. Uh, other than that one, three out of four drives, and they turned it over on downs on fourth and goal, or not fourth and goal, but fourth in the red zone, kind of. Yeah, and so that was that was very strange to see. I mean, it was a pleasant surprise. One of them is purely just because Taylor Heineke forgot how to dive i'm not really sure what to say about it that rule's terrible like i know that yeah they talk about anytime they have a rule where it's about like oh the player's intent it's bad like he wasn't the the player's intent himself but but i think that that is kind of yeah that's the other that's the other side of the coin on the quarterback protection rules you know that's the other side of the you can slide you can give yourself up is that you know, sometimes you end up in a situation he wasn't like sliding, that. Sliding though—that's what drives me crazy. Yeah, one thing I, I'm. But fine that's with part that of the suite they... of quarterback protection rules. I know it, it's just it—it's a rule that needs to be like that specific instance, like that kind of like when they are diving head first, like that's not—they're not giving themselves up. I mean, like he, he could have just slide. he could have just dove better and scored a touchdown. No, I understand that. Rather no, than this, changing this, the rules this, of the this sport. Is on... <laughs> It's it's on him, but it's it that the fact that that is not resulting in a touchdown or six is a touchdown because like well he could have been giving himself up so we're be- like it, it, they can't preach player safety and then have ridiculous things that just don't like the Devontae Adams thing that was like you know earlier in the year I know you were heated about that mm-hmm. but it just 
they're, what, they're, the, the they're helmet to helmet uniform. hit. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm yeah. saying. Is I don't think like that's they, a question of intent. No, I know. I, I'm talking about how they preach all about player safety. The 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 rule about what in question here with Taylor Heineke, mm-hmm. where he gives himself, where he gave himself up. I just put some air quotes. Um, even though he's diving headfirst. Uh, horribly, by the way, horribly, I have to say. Yeah, I feel um, like he somehow just stopped all momentum and, like, during the dive, like, he somehow yeah. dove, but slowed down. I, I still think that the fact that that was over... My whole thing is the fact that that's overturned and not given a touchdown is because of, like, oh, he was giving himself up. That's what I don't agree with. That's the rule on, like, the players where they're like, oh, but player safety... That but that's that's equal. only like a rule when it's a scrambling quarterback. If any other player does that, they can, well, they can go into the I end I understand, zone. but yeah. like he clearly was not giving himself up. He was just not wanting any bit of contact. I he think I think he was giving terrible. himself up. I think he was giving everything up. I think he just totally <laughs> gave up on that play. And yeah. uh, I may or may not have uh, yelled that at him. Uh, after that series ended, and they didn't get the uh, QB sneak on fourth down, and we had seats. Um, you know, I think probably like 15 rows from the front, right behind the uh, Washington bench, and I might have uh, used Fitzmagic's name to uh, belittle Taylor Heineke. So I'd like to apologize to Taylor. That was uncalled for. But uh, at, at the end of the day, though, there were other um, possessions besides kind of that more controversial one. There was interception, and there was, you know, it was just, it was kind of a weird like I said, a, a kind of a change in a, a break in the norm of the Joe Barry bend and break defense. Yeah. And I thought, you know, a couple other takeaways. I thought Stokes played really well. He was on McLaurin for a lot of the game. And there was one huge play to McLaurin that, you know, I think he was in decent coverage. He just didn't end up making a play on the ball. And, you know, great Not catch by McLaurin. Yeah, the touchdown. Yeah. Um, not a good throw by Heineke. He was way behind them, and he just didn't turn around. Well, and and... That's, that was like his issue too on the interception that he threw. Mm-hmm. I think into he was targeting Humphreys, where it was like he in was the in, end the, zone. In, in the corner. Yeah, he the was. End com- zone. It was underthrown. I mean, he he had him. He just needed to throw it to the back pylon, but he threw it to like the front pylon. I mean, I mean he, he just was, was running for his life. I really don't think that. No, he... I I know. It, I I don't. I just think that that was. I, I don't. I don't. Run. I don't know if I'd praise that decision. It wasn't a good throw. He had a chance and he underthrew it. And I think, you know, the more that we see Taylor Heineke, the more he kind of he is a firmly middle of the road kind of quarterback. He, yeah, you know, his ceiling is pretty good. His floor is pretty bad, and he's just not yeah. very interesting in general. Um, I, I like him run, a lot of his apparently. play. I, I like in a lot of his play. He's like a like a younger, more like mobile Case Keenum. Uh-huh. Like he kind of he's really good when the play breaks down. And he's just I, I just think it. Uh, the problem is I was not a fan of their play calling, like especially on that early turnover on downs. I think after they're blocked after Washington blocked your guys's field goal mm-hmm. um, where St- I think Stokes broke up the play to McLaurin. It's like fourth and three. And they ran like a, like an out 10, kind like a of 10, like 15 thing. yard, yeah. like, like comeback. And I'm like, that's a hard, that's out to the outside. I'm like, that's a really hard throw to make. And that brought me back to like when watching like a, one of the Manning cats uh, on Monday night, a few weeks back uh, where they were talking, I think it was when the, the lions might've been playing. 
Yeah, I think it was the yeah. Lions-Packer game. I don't and think it was... He, was it the Manning... Or no, it was the Manning cast. Yeah, you're I, right. I, Yeah, it was on that because they were talking about how like on, it was like a sh- fourth and short and they called like... It was similar kind it of was play. The same, it was the same kind and of route, Peyton, yeah. And Peyton's like, that's just... Like, that's a that's really hard to do. Like, Eli's like, yeah, you don't... You don't call like that on a fourth and three or a fourth and short. Like, you're looking for a, yeah. a crossing rally, an easy throw for the quarterback to make. Now, now call granted, that maybe on third the down, Lions like, were calling that play to uh, yeah. whatever that dude's name was, who I've already forgotten because he's injured now and he was the Lions receiver. And they're calling it to McLaurin, which is yeah, a, a bit different, it's but it's still, still not I, great. It, it's a, I'm, My point is it's a hard throw, and that's mm-hmm. a hard throw for any quarterback, but especially to a guy like Taylor Heineke, who is – trying to become a starter in this league who he might for a team like he's a transitional kind of quarterback I think but it's still just it it was not the right play call I felt like this whole game I not the Packers did not have a play a bad game but this was a winnable like this is the best performance by the Washington football team's defense this year well this this, yeah and this was they were able to get pressure kind of the Packers offense had some problems uh, along the offensive line, they weren't able mm-hmm. to really effectively uh, run the ball very much at all this game uh, with either running back and Dylan needs to fucking hold on to the ball. But yeah. uh, he had two fumbles, which I mean, you can't be the cleanup back if you start fumbling the ball. But, no. uh, you know, Packers are having issues running. I think a lot of that had to do with, you know, up front, not being able to block very successfully. And Rodgers was also under pressure a decent amount. And I think... Mm-hmm. I think that, like you said, the defense had a decent game, um, and this was more just kind of it, Washington I, just kept shooting themselves in the foot. Over yeah, four in the because, red zone is unacceptable. Like you get, you're not going to mm-hmm. win many games, or probably none at all, if that's your red zone. Conversion. Yeah, oh, oh for four, and you look at you know the total yardage at the end of the day. They had more yards than Green Bay by a significant amount, and they lost by multiple scores. You know, so it's like. Yeah. I don't know. It, it just kind of seemed to me like Washington has sparks, but like you said, shooting themselves in the foot, they're just not there yet. Yeah. Um, and one thing I want to say, you know, but you could say bad play calling on the fourth down and all that stuff, and I, you know, generally agree with you. Having said that, if uh, Kevin King was guarding Terry, <laughs> it would have been a great play call because the dude would have been <laughs> in the next zip code, and he wasn't playing this game again. Neither was Jair, and so this was Eric Stokes you know, playing, you know, corner one, basically, and Razul Douglas, who actually has been, like, surprisingly competent for a, you know, corner four or five on the depth chart, whatever you want to call him. Uh, mm-hmm. Shannon Sullivan is folded in there somewhere as a slot corner, but pretty, pretty decent. I actually got in a little uh, exchange with a Packer fan near my seats where Douglas got hurt and they sent in a guy named Isaac Yadam. Isaac Yadam played one series the prior week and had a PFF grade of like 22, which nice. for those of you that don't know is out of 100. And I went, oh my God, I wish that like, I, I, I hate to say it, but I wish that like King was here so that we had somebody else. And a Packer fan in front of me turned, he's like, you want King out there? I was like, okay, yeah, over like, a practice squad guy like yes i would like kevin king out there and i hate kevin king and it's just so i don't know i guess i'm not the only packer fan that feels that way twitter kind of also gave that one away a little bit but it's good to know there are others and the only other thing i have to say about this game is i have a story for you are you ready yeah so we're in the seats and the seats that me and my parents had 
were right on the aisle on like the left side of the stairs. And so it's nice because we're on the aisle, but that also means that anytime anyone inside needs to like get up and leave, they got to walk by us, which is, you know, it's just the name of the game. There's no way around it. Um, and so typically, you know, etiquette would tell you don't do it in the middle of a play. So there are these two people about five seats down from us, uh, a guy and a girl, and they must have gotten out of their seats and left and come back like three or four times in the first quarter. And like oh you gosh. get one for the bathroom, you get one for, you know, food or beer or whatever, but it's the first quarter. And at the very end of the first half, they're getting up again as the Packers are lining up on like third and goal. And I missed the Lazard touchdown because this fucking human being was standing in front of me and they were making their way down as the Packers are lining up. And I looked at her and I go, why now? And she didn't have, she, she couldn't articulate a good reason. She, it, it just was like, cause I want to. And so I missed that and I was very pissed and the game keeps going on. And this happened. It, they got up and left in the second half, at least two more times. And the, the cherry on top of this human being, it was the girl that was, you know, leading the way for the most part between these two. Every time they would walk by, she would say the same thing to the people that she was forcing to like obstruct their view. She would hold her hands up, you know, as like a, I come in peace. And she would say, I know, I'm sorry. I hate myself. I hate myself. I'm sorry. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. I, I hate myself, <laughs> which is, the only thing you could do to make that situation worse. Mm -hmm. And the final time in the fourth quarter, they're in their seats, they get up, they start leaving, and she does her whole shtick again. And she goes, I know, I hate myself, I'm sorry. And I looked at her right in the eyes when she you know, was walking right in front of me, and I just said, I don't think you do. And she, like, double-taked and, like, it was just aghast that I had the nerve to say, I don't think you hate yourself because this is a person that she likes to be a problem. She liked to, Oh yeah. my gosh, I'm so sorry that I'm in your way. Ah, whoops. Oh, darn it. And she kind of paused for a second. And then she said, Oh, so you're an asshole. This is the first thing I'd said to her all day besides like the why now at halftime, which also very benign. And then she like, fondled the my like my belly button area it was very strange she ran her hand across it so i was assaulted and i was so off balance after that i didn't i didn't really know what was happening or what to say and they just walked away and that's the story of uh how i how i made an enemy this last weekend so, so you almost got in a fight at lambo with, with a, a girl with a packer with a woman packer <laughs> fan yeah that's, that's nice <laughs> It All was right. it was really like if you would have told me that morning, like, hey, you're going to have like a full blown confrontation with someone, I would have put my money on a Washington fan and also male. And I would have been wrong both times. Yeah. So I don't really know where to go from there, but that's that's my story. And I felt like I needed to document it here. Yeah. Uh, one more thing I wanted to note looking at the box score. Uh, Washington never punted. They didn't have a single punt. I don't know. I, I, there has to be a crazy set out there, a team losing like 
like a team I, I that know. never punts but loses. That, yeah, that is very yeah, bizarre. Like, that's really because, like, I mean, they got they that just shows right there that they they drove the field. Like every time they had the ball, they got in a scoring possession or they had like that quick. You know, like the the, the sack fumble to start the gate to start the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's either a turnover or a score or like a you know fourth down or situation, down, I guess, or a yeah. missed field goal. Yeah, like they just never had to punt. Like they there was no like three and outs for them. Like that's I don't know. That's you typically don't see that from a team that only scores ten points. Riverboat um, Ron, he's a gambler. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, but. Washington, they're not looking good because no. I mean their their hope at, at least within the division not great because like we said, boys have been good this year. So the NFC East is not as you can't win it with a near 500 record. Looks like they got a real good shot at second place though. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to the next game, Chiefs Titans. Okay, so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on you pretty heavily yeah. here because yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. I was, was during, at it was the Packer the game, game. Yep. Yep. and they kept showing like you know periodically on the jumbotron they'd show yep. the score of this game, and yep. I also have Tyree Kill on you know fan, my fantasy team, and I kept mm-hmm. looking, he's got zero points the whole first half. I was like, I, I, and I was you know I didn't have time I, in, or service really to like figure out what was going on or look too deeply into it, but it was the most bizarre thing in the world. So you need to explain to me, I watched the highlights. I still don't get it. What happened? Yeah. So this game, this is one where I like always have, like I definitely have to caution. Like I was expecting you to come in like guns blazing. On oh, the your... chiefs are dead. Yeah. They're, they're no, fucked. So, it's over. So this is where one, it's like the Kansas city chiefs right now, everything is starting with their offensive line. Like, their, their offense, that's the crazy thing about it, is their offense is still, like, extremely good in terms of, like, EPA, the expected points added. And, like, you look at all of the statistics that way. They are still a very, very, like, top-tier offense. What what, what, just, what window is this sample size from that you're working off of? Is this season? This, this it's, Well, yeah, this this entire season amongst the entire NFL. Okay, so still, if you're working like, on you're EPA, up, like, this game, yeah, they yeah. scored three Ps, you know? No, 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 no. That, and that's not what EPA means. It's not, like, the exact, like, the, the direct points that are scored. It's, like, because there are so many variables that go into actually... You know, yeah, like, but I'm like, saying you know, if you, you were looking at stats for this game position. for EPA, no, it's they not, clearly it's wouldn't have panned out to P's. I'm talking, you know, that's... About, I'm talking about this this season. Okay. So like everyone looks like the offense is the problem. The offense is not the problem. It, it, it's the only part of the offense that's the problem is the offensive line. Um, and it, 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 like that's where it's like you look at look at any of the highlights or you watch this game. Patrick Mahomes literally as soon as he gets the ball. He's like the pocket just collapses immediately and he's having to, and he's getting out of it. He's having to try to extend plays and try to make something out of nothing. But you know, there's only a certain point where the play call only can help so much. Like if all the receivers, if they're not turning their back for a couple seconds or turning their head, you know, like if it's a deeper route, like unless it's like a quick slant, they're not ready for a pass. So like, Mahomes is having to try to make it's it's like exactly what we saw in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's running for his life. Credit to the Titans um, for completely getting pressure on him all day. I mean, he had zero time. He had I don't even know how many clean pockets he had, but it was bad. Are, I mean, are you are you ready for my Patrick Mahomes? This is this is kind of his fault. Like oh, journey that we're about to go on. 
I mean, not really. So Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, you know, very, very, very good quarterback. He plays quarterback in the NFL like he's playing Madden. He drops back too far. He doesn't stand nah, in the in this pocket. Game, he didn't really. No, There's no, 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 no. There's he no takes standing. a snap and he backs up to the point that defensive ends that would be corralled behind the pocket in a clean situation, they go around their guy and he is he back so far. His, he can't step up because his interior offensive line has collapsed too. No, 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 it's no. Like, no, 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 no. I watched yes. the highlights with. A magnifying glass on this issue because oh I had heard gosh. people talk about it last season and I was very curious and it's still happening. And I think the more that protection does legitimately break down, the worse this is going to get because Patrick does not trust the protection. He doesn't trust the pocket and he's almost getting like skittish. I don't, and it's making I things don't worse. I blame him for not trusting the pocket here. This, this right here has been the product of the Vikings the last three, four years, like literally it's, you can't like a quarterback, if he gets getting pressure blown straight up the middle, like there's nothing they can do about that. So of course they're going to get a little skittish with that because that's all that's been happening. So why would he expect anything different? He's trying to get back as far as he can. So he has a little bit of time. I I I think that he's, I think that we need to come together as a podcast. And I think we both need to meet in the middle here. It is, not zero percent Patrick Mahomes' fault. Can no, we agree on that? No, I'm not saying he's without fault. I'm not saying that. But the interception he threw literally hit his receiver right on the face. Like it, it was a hard. Well, he's catch. supposed to go for the hands. Like it literally hit him. It, I mean, it was a comebacking ground. And he threw it on the run. Literally hit him directly in the hands, chest area, like a catchable ball, and it bounced right off of him. Adam, I don't know. I don't know if you saw this uh, on Twitter because it was. Let me check everywhere. Uh, Derrick Henry threw more touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes this week. Do you know what? Also, one thing that is noted uh, with Patrick Mahomes not throwing a touchdown in this game, Kirk Cousins is now the leading uh, quarterback with the long, the most consecutive streak of throwing a touchdown pass in a game. Uh, he is now he was behind Mahomes and now he's leading that. So that's, say what you will about the bar of throwing one touchdown, but you, the consistency to clear that low bar every single Rogers week is not Rogers not a HUD. What do you? Yeah, because he didn't throw there. a touchdown week one. Yeah, uh, just like it. It is what it is. Like that's. But that's, like, but like, if your goal is it's to tie your shoes and you fuck it up one percent of the time and the other guy does it a hundred, like that's not really that impressive. That like it's that a very low bar. And yet, Kirk Cousins is the only one that's above that bar. It's so low that thirty. No, other, he's the only, he's the only one that's that's jumped over that super low bar, however Everyone's many times in a row. Oh, you're trying to you're trying to say that Rodgers tried not to throw an intercept, try to throw a t- touchdown. No, but are you trying to say that like Rodgers is not better than Kirk Cousins? Like it, the no, it, it's I, not I a stat that with, means it had anything. Nothing to do with it. Like it, it does. It's it's a, something that's notable. It's a, it's a consecutive streak that's notable. That's why if I'm it was a streak it up, of like three hundred yards or like something that was hard to do. Everyone has like a blow up terrible game every once in a while but like to to put the watermark at one touchdown seems generous I mean, mahomes, is, mahomes did in the last like 24 25 or whatever game yeah that's because patrick mahomes is a good quarterback and i'm sure most good quarterbacks clear that bar but then every once in a while you have a bad game yeah, well not all then that kirk's the one that's not had a bad game the longest so there you go okay that's what I'll say. okay yeah kirk's <laughs> kirk hasn't had a bad game ever since the start of kirktober so 
He hasn't had a bad uh, – technically, he hasn't had a bad game since the Colts uh, last year. That's what the streak started at. Oh. Or it restarted. So that's, that's not even that long of a streak. All right, go on. It's like – it's over 20 games. <laughs> yeah. That's like, Longer than anyone else. That's yeah, but it's, it's not like – My whole point is that. It's not like it's been like it's six seasons or something. Okay, whatever. That would be insane. Like <laughs> – It wouldn't be that six, insane. It's one touchdown. Six, no one's done it. No one's done it. So, yes, it would be insane. No one's done the I'm surprised. Of the, I'm surprised that, six the, seasons. that the current leader is at like 20. That seems really low. Because – like as you said, quarterbacks just have bad games. Like that that's just that right there. Yeah, okay. I don't know. It's like I, I ran I ran twenty ten minute miles in a row. Like, okay, good, good job. I don't know. It's, it's more than your quarterback. That's all like I don't like I don't know what I like this is all I'm saying is he's leading that one. It was like that was a streak that was broken because of this weird game. And like Mahomes still had Several, especially if you watch the highlights, uh, and I'm sure you saw them, uh, he still had several ridiculous throws. And that, like, yeah, and that, and that's always going to be in the Mahomes toolkit. You know, he's definitely. There are people out there saying like the league figured out Patrick Mahomes. No, the Chiefs' offense is having issues. Mahomes is still doing circus plays. And uh, my my point of view is just that Mahomes is contributing more to the dysfunction than you are willing to admit. No, I I like he's definitely sure. Is he inviting some more pressure? Like I'm sure I know there's a stat out there that you can look at like pressures created by the quarterback. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, but I know that's is that I've something? Seen that floating okay, around. I yeah. haven't seen that. Yeah, where they like they like I don't know what the, the the name for the terminology, but I have seen that floating around lately. Um, cause like Russell Wilson was like a big thing about that where like he's been yeah, sacked he does a lot, that all the he time. creates, he creates a lot of pressure, like a sacks, like he just holds on to the ball too long or I don't know, or he just tries to buy extra more time and he loses yards, gets sacked. That's so, so we agree that the chiefs are dead. No, their chiefs are not dead. They're three and four. Yeah. They're um, three and four. I mean, name one team with three wins right now that you think has any legitimate shot at the playoffs. Considering that, like, I saw it, <laughs> updated standing, the Falcons are the, the outside-looking-in team right now. That's crazy. They are, like, because the Vikings right now are the seventh seed. The Falcons are the eight in the NFC. So, like, I mean, obviously, we're only I don't know if that's games. the flex you think it is. But okay. No, I'm not. I'm, that's, I'm, what I'm saying is, like, the Falcons are not a good team. Yeah. Like, they, they aren't. And that's when, like, that's where... It goes the both it goes both ways with the AFC NFC. Like it's so early in the year, and there's an extra game, like 17 weeks or 18 weeks, I guess I should say, mm-hmm. 17 games. Three and four is nowhere near a death sentence. Like I think the Chiefs still end up double digit wins, and they're going to be fine. Like they're not going to be a one seed. Um, yeah, but I don't know. You know, I just I think I, it's crazy to rule them out. Oh, I mean, Especially I'm not, I'm not the ruling Chargers them out. Thumped. I mean, they're dead, too. but I'm not ruling them out. Um, <laughs> I, I do think we'd be remiss not to uh, give Titans fans a little little attaboy there. They had a, oh, no, had a real nice game. Derrick Henry yeah. didn't get to 100 yards, uh, but threw a touchdown. So I don't know how many yeah. yards, what the conversion for a running back is there. Um, A.J. Brown, I think that the Chipotle food poisoning helped him. Fully back. I he feel like he's back. lighter and faster now that he like yeah. got all the poop out. Um, yeah. yeah, so... 
I, I uh, Julio, I guess they didn't need him, but that's a little concerning. Yeah. Two for 38. Yeah, I, I, I just like, I mean, this it's AJ Brown is the center point of the pass offense. And I think that was the case too. when when Julio got there, how can like, you say that when Anthony Ferkser exists? Hey, 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 hey. He's great. He's great. He had that. He was, you know, great conversion rate. Geoff Swaim, Darrington S- Evans. I can Jeff, go on. Jeff. <laughs> Jesus. But, these. No, it's uh, Geoff. So I, I don't know. I think that the Titans are probably the hottest team just based on being the Bills, the Chiefs. Like, I don't know. Now that the Ravens. Yeah. After a rocky out. start, I feel like what we need to do. Titans lost the Jets, which is crazy. Yes. But I feel like what we need to do is we need to, and this is going to sound very convenient as a Packer fan, we got to throw out week one because it's coloring too much of my perception on which teams are good. Like the Titans got their doors blown off week one by the Cardinals, which granted now the Cardinals are looking pretty legit, but it's still like, it was one of those like, oh, the Titans are, and then they lost the Jets, and you're like, they're screwed, they're never coming back. And now they've beaten the Bills and the Chiefs. So where are we? (laughs) I don't know. AFC is kind of like a muddled mess. I think. I think the whole. I think the whole league is, which is great for like fans. Life is a muddled mess. I I just feel like, and and you know, as the give as it says, any given Sunday, like it, that's what NFL is like king about. It, you never know. Like, I don't know. It just it, it's better when there's more. You know, it's teams are closer together, and it's just it's nice. Yeah, it just I makes agree. it more, more enjoyable. You always have a, your team always has a chance, even if. Even if you're the Lions, like they're in like most games, they're gonna know, be in every game this year. And they're gonna lose every single one it's, of them. It's, it's the most the Lions best, thing in the world. They're gonna be the best winless team ever, and they're gonna beat themselves for that title. <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> it's great. All right, let's go into segments. Um, sort of performance of the week. Uh, as I alluded, my performance of the week. Actually, I'm just gonna give it to the the entire Bengals team, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh this was shocking. Yeah. I I, I mean, Joe and like, Burrow looks good. Jamar Chase, hands up. Everyone in the country, I think, just being like, yeah, we were wrong. Like maybe, maybe we shouldn't put too much stock in preseason limited action. Jamar Chase, I would like to congratulate him for a wonderful troll job. He knew what he was doing when he made a joke about how it's hard to see the ball without stripes and all that shit. He is really, really... Really, really, really good. Um, Joe Burrow, I had my doubts about Joe coming into this season uh, in terms of coming back from the injury, still being effective. He was, you know, very solid his rookie year, and I wasn't sure if he'd be able to continue that. He has. I mean, he still sometimes makes boneheaded, head-scratcher kind of plays, but they're very rare, and for the most part, I think he's picked up right where he left off, which is great Mm -hmm. to see. Yeah, I think this this team is people just need to start. You know, I, I saw a stat where like Jamar Chase leads. He has over like 683, I think, receiving yards for single coverage. Maybe don't have single coverage on him. Like he is. Yeah, he's the guy you should really watch out for. Like T Higgins is a great receiver, but Jamar Chase will kill you. Like T Higgins is not going to. I'm sorry. Did you mean 200. CJ Uzama? And his hey. three catches for 91 yards and two <laughs> touchdowns. Big ol' CJ. Yeah. He, he's not, I mean, he's a good receiving tight end, but like, like Tyler Boyd is, is there. Yeah. But like, 
Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are very similar where they're more possession guys. Like they're not going to completely destroy you on ridiculous plays like Jamar Chase can. No, they're not. They're not men among boys, which is funny because he's the youngest guy on the field. But yeah, Jamar Chase is a game breaker. He is as advertised out of college. I mean, I don't know if you'll ever be able to say definitively whether, you know, Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell would have been the long term better pick. But right now it's. It's looking like Jamar is the real deal, and yeah. you know Sewell is just like you know good, I guess. And he's just in the purgatory of Detroit, so that's yeah. not great. Uh, but best special shout out to the Bengals defense. I mean, sacking Lamar five times, uh, which is not an easy task, um, and limiting them to only seventeen points. I mean, they they played great. So I just and, and and hey, it's not my stock up, but you know teams that went into overtime against the Bengals, maybe that's not as embarrassing as it uh, as it looked at the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's that. Yeah. Um. All right. What's your performance of the week? Uh, my performance of the week is a guy that I don't think we've really talked about in any sort of depth yet this year, but he is going absolutely nuclear. Uh, pretty much every week. Uh, Cooper Cup is having himself an absolute hell of a season, a guy, you know, kind of one of those fantasy football diamond in the rough, not, not super rough, but like no one was really taking him very seriously, had a bit of a down year last year. And the addition of Matt Stafford, I mean, this week, 10 for 156, two touchdowns and his, you know, season long stats, he's leading in uh, like, you know, almost or he's got nine touchdowns already this season. And, you know, over 800 yards, he's going insane and he kept doing it this week. And I feel like we didn't ever give him the shine that he's, uh, he's due after the start of the season. Yeah. He, uh, he's flourishing with, with his best friend, Jared Goff being in Detroit. Um, so it's a tough look for Jared, but you know, (laughs) is what it is. Uh, they are, they actually are like best friends. I don't know. Like uh, I, I think I, I think that. they were best friends, and now there's yeah, new he's like, best friend. I have my new best friend. Matthew. Friendship ended with Jared. Sorry, Matthew Jared. is my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nathan Pierman Award. Um, sorry, Bears fans. Giving it to Justin Fields. I I feel kind of bad giving this to him just because he, he is, looks like a sad turtle. He. <laughs> <laughs> that shot of him, man. That shot where it showed, where like he had like the three, where he showed like three picks, three of fumbles. Was like, that of him on the sideline uh, with the hat yeah, on? Yep. On and he bench, just looks so yeah. sad. I'm like, oh no. Like, granted, he only lost two of the three fumbles, but I mean, he's put in like in a really tough spot. But at the same time, I think it's just kind of satisfying to me that like, because Bears fans were like, he was the second coming, mm-hmm. and. I don't know of who in their franchise history, second coming of who exactly, but Jay? I guess <laughs> I, I, don't know. I don't know. Like, I just, I, I think he just, he's not as good as advertised and it's not in a good situation with Nagy and the offense, the offensive line. Are, are you wanting to uh, toss the, the B word on him just yet or not? Quite? No, no, not yet. Because right, I he's know not a he's a bitch. He will, <laughs> he will have a breakout game, and it's probably I, I, I really wish that the Vikings could play the Bears now and not in like week thirteen and fifteen or whatever it is fifteen and sixteen, when like he probably has his breakout game at some point and he feels more comfortable and they figure some stuff out. 
Like they're just so low right now and their confidence is so low. Mm-hmm. I just want to play them right now, but can't. And so that's kind of a bummer. Um, but yeah, the Bucks just ate their lunch. I mean, it was bad. Chloe Herbert, though, he looks good. Uh, you know. Yeah, surprisingly good, which, I mean, Again. you know, running back wasn't really the issue on that team. So, right. Yeah, but uh, nice. Uh, my my Nathan Peterman, I feel like I think we talked about him last week, too. If you were to tell Sam Darnold that uh. his team would score the same number of points <laughs> and he would have the same touchdown interception, you know, numbers this week as Patrick Mahomes, he probably would have been pretty happy. Like, wow, um, I balled out. <laughs> yeah, also probably played roughly the same number of minutes. Uh, he did not. And this is kind of the second or third week in a row, basically since CMC went down with injury and, you know, he was the engine of that whole offense. And when you have to turn to Sam Darnold, I mean, the carriage turned back into a pumpkin and then somebody like smashed the fuck out of the pumpkin this week. He got benched. He threw an interception. He barely broke a hundred yards. It just looked really bad. And the Panthers put up three points against the Giants. And I have a feeling that, you know, at at the beginning of the season, it looked like, you know, the new fresh Sam Darnold. We were all very happy to, you know, see him out of New York. That was a mirage. Sam Darnold is still Sam Darnold. Yeah, you, you can you can take the, the player out of the Jets, but you can't take the Jets out of the player, I guess, to a certain extent. Which you can't is... take the Gase out of the Darn. Yeah, which is just a bummer. I don't <laughs> know. It's corrupted I mean, forever. Yeah, special shout out to the Broncos and Panthers for starting the year 3-0 and and giving their teams like, yeah, we're not that bad. And now they lost four straight both both teams. Like, no, we are. They are who we thought they were. Yeah. I mean, yeah. stock up is expectation. Yeah. Um. All right. My stock up. I'm going to go with the the Mac Jones is going to be the best QB in his draft class take. Uh, uh yep. I I it's not like you said earlier about bars and clear. It's not a high one, but well, I it looks like a Jets. high one. I mean, there's a yeah, lot well, of quarterbacks. Well, yeah, no, no, for sure. But I, I I'm so far what we've seen the product. Yeah, like, it doesn't that, have to be that's, that that's great. Fair. Um, and it's against the Jets, but they still, you know, thrown 1779 yards, just ninth in the NFL, only nine touchdowns, six interceptions, but. You know, I think he is in the best situation, as we stated, uh, just in terms of like organization stability. Um, I just I don't know. He just his game is the the safest, but mm-hmm. that's helping him right now. Um, you know, he's not as volatile as some of the other guys. And well, yeah. And you I look just, at the rest of that class. You got Lance Hurt, Wilson Hurt, Lawrence bust you know like it's just it's not good <laughs> well and the thing is like he is like the oh, the only exception to being trey lance he has the the consistent offensive like play calling like he's gonna joshua daniels is yeah. probably is, is gonna be there until belichick he'll probably gonna take over for belichick and kyle shanahan you know for san, san fran is probably not going anywhere so i just think you know the other guys are all in transitions and un you know unknown coordinators and it's it was just, also it was a big brain move by Belichick to tank so hard last year that like expectations have been lowered. Oh, like, yeah. If you draft a rookie right after Tom leaves and people expect you to just keep it up, that's going to be tough. But now yeah. he's got a lot more wiggle room. Yeah. And they're, and they're, you know, they're three and four. 
Um, you know, it, it is what it is, and they're not going to win the division, but it's not like they're out of the playoff hunt. Like they're currently ninth, and they're behind the Steelers for the eighth spot. And then you have teams like the Browns, Chargers, Ravens, um, which remains to be seen if people like the Raiders can hang on and and whatnot. But um, do, do NFL organizations need to start putting some stock into draft the quarterback with the worst body? <laughs> because like it worked with Tom, it worked with Mac. Like they might be onto something here. It maybe like maybe. Aaron Rodgers didn't look great this off season in his Hawaii pictures. Like there might be some oh, sort right, of correlation. No. <laughs> uh, all right, so, I don't know talking? if you've seen Justin Fields. The dude's ripped. Um, all right, my stock up. Uh, it it seems a little bit weird. Put it on the bye week and everything. But uh, Kirk Cousins got to sit at home this whole week, and on Thursday we got to watch the two guys that. You know, the Vikings kind of chose him over both of those guys in Teddy Bridgewater and Case Keenum. And neither one of those guys broke 200 yards. It was kind of a gross, weird game. And it really, I I think, and you probably can speak even more about this than I could, but I think there's a lot of Vikings fans with the rose-tinted glasses that say, like, Oh well, Teddy. Teddy could have been our guy. We should have kept Teddy. Or the, you know, the same thing about Case. You you know you're too attached to the Minneapolis miracle, and that's clouding the judgment. And well, and that was that year was defined by the defense doing it. Like he, yeah. like Case just didn't. He, he just couldn't screw up. Like that was the thing. As long as he took care of the ball, like we'd probably win games. That's the thing with that one. But yeah, I so don't know. Stock up, I, Kirk. I, you know, look, really looks good to not watching. be those guys. I was really happy watching that game just because I just knew that the people like the Kirk haters again, like this year that they've had to do, I know it, a bad Kirk will come, but they just are still punching the air. They can't, you know, I, anyone that says we should have had Teddy or should have had case. That's all sentimental value because Teddy's best year with, with us, he threw 3,231 yards for only 65% completion, only 14 touchdowns. And nine interceptions. Case's best year, the only year with us, he threw only 3,500 yards, 67% completion, 22 touchdowns, and seven picks. Kirk's Kirk's literally been head and shoulders above both of those years far and away. Like, it's not even close. And so I'm just like, I don't know. It was a great game because it's just – no, we did not make the wrong call of not sticking with Teddy or Case. Like, they're they're not – NFL starting quarterbacks. Just T- Teddy does lead Kirk in one statistic, though. Uh, gloves. <laughs> He's gloves got, had. <laughs> yeah, yeah two, two. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just it is what it is. But that was a that was kind of a gross game. That was the De, De Ernest Johnson show. It's all that that yeah, was. Yeah, well, and that was kind of like that game was gross and it set the tone for a kind of a whole week of games that weren't really that great. None of the primetime no. games were very cool. And so I was kind of happy that this was the week I got to go see a game in person and not worry about the other ones. Cause they kind of all sucked. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. All right. Uh, stock down for me. I have teams in quarterback transition. So this is mainly looking at like the saints, the Panthers, as you touched on, mm-hmm. um, you could even point to Washington. Like these are teams that, the guys they currently have, ain't it? Like the Broncos, can be thrown uh, in there. Like Miami, Miami, yeah. Like Tua's, hey. yes, he's he's okay. 
but he's throwing, he's, you know, he's making dumb mistakes. He's throwing interceptions and all that. Like they're losing, obviously. Yeah. Um, but the, the, this mainly came from the Monday night game. Gosh, that was such a bad game. It was gross. Like, like I, I, I don't want to throw the Seahawks in here because their circumstance is different, but Geno Smith looks terrible. Like over half of his production was from one play. Um, the, the first play mostly DK Metcalf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, outmusting a guy argue, running down the field. You can argue maybe offensive pass interference. Like he kind of threw Marshawn Lattimore down. I, I mean, can, can we talk ah. for a second about the Marshawn Lattimore versus DK Metcalf? I mean, there was like a montage towards the end of the game of them just beating the shit out of each other, like I, I next to run plays. I'm sticking with this take. I think DK Metcalf is a fake tough guy. Oh, for like, sure. He is he is the fakest tough dude ever. Like he he's a diva at heart. And like anyone, like I I would love to see like Aaron Donald, like actual oh. like him and DK. Because like, like Aaron Donald is arguably probably like the baddest motherfucker in the NFL. And Yeah, he I, like, like killed he a dude in the offseason yeah. and like it turned out that, that guy deserved it. But like Yeah. Yeah, and, like, and I, well I just, DK, the thing that the the example that I would put up because I agree with you on that take, is there was one exchange in this game where he comes off the line, and, like, granted, it wasn't, like, an illegal play. It was a run block, but he very clearly, like, he didn't block Lattimore. He shoved him. He shoved him, like, oh, as hard as he could. The, are you talking about where they're, like, on, like, the one-yard line, like, around, like, the goal line? Yeah, and then Lattimore, like, shoved him back and pushed him back, and DK went, oh, and held his arms out and looked at the ref and, like, almost fell to the ground. (laughs) This is one, though, where I will credit him because that's really, really smart. Because if he gets retaliation and Lattimore gets a penalty, that's a free 15. If DK gets flagged for a penalty, they lose, what, a few inches? Yeah, no, and, like, from from an X's and O's standpoint, you could say it's smart, but I still, I put it in the camp of DK is a fake tough guy. Because you're going to, oh, he pushed me, like, right after you just went out and, like, headhunted him next to a run play. Had nothing to do with either of you, like. Yeah, and and Jameis, he, he, what happened? A year with with Drew Brees, and he's like broken. He can't throw it downfield. He's like afraid of now like throwing interceptions because of that infamous thirty thirty year. And like, Jameis is not perfectly fun. balanced. He has to equal his touchdowns <sighs> to interceptions. And so when you take the interceptions away, you lose the touchdowns. He it's can't just, he just, exist out of balance. He has to be right in the middle. Like he's just not fun to watch at all. Nope. And like, yeah, his, his, his interceptions are way down. He's only thrown three to 13 touchdowns. But, like, he's just he's just so boring. And I just, ah. Jameis is I that guy you knew in college that was really fun and crazy. And then, you know, like, a couple years, you know, into the future, and they settle down. And they're just a yeah. shell of their former selves. They're, you go yeah, out on the man. weekends, and they're, they're drinking a ginger ale. Yeah. Um, all right, what's your stock down? Uh, my stock down is Mike Evans, which seems weird on a week where he caught three touchdowns, but he caught Tom Brady's 600th touchdown pass. Yeah, and he which, gave just the saying football. it out loud is wild. Yes, but then he gave the football to a fan in the stands. Luckily, they were able to get it back. That fan didn't just put under his shirt and sprint out of the stadium with his yeah. super valuable you know, piece of football paraphernalia. Um, but I, it, it's just kind of one of those things. And, you know, maybe, maybe Tom and 
Mike aren't on the same page as much anymore. But I think it was like, I want to say it was Rogers like 400th. Or, I don't remember. It was some noteworthy uh, touchdown number last year. And Devontae Adams is walking up and down the sidelines telling everyone who could possibly in any world catch a football. You know, if you get it, you know, make sure you give it to Aaron. And then you got, you know, Mike Evans out here who's just fucking throwing it in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have to believe he just didn't know. He just didn't think about it. Yeah. Like, he just didn't know that it was that one. Like, I'm sure they probably, like, I don't know. I feel like they're not really talking about it or was, or maybe he was not aware. In the no, situation. And I like, bet Tom's not actually pissed, but it's just like, no. Oh dude, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know, but the guy, the fan did get set up with actually pretty, at first it sounded like it was going to be really bad, but he actually what, did, what did get like get a good set? amount of stuff. They got like, he got like a thousand dollars of like credit that's to what, the pro shop. Came out. Yeah. So that's what came out. Which so sucks. It, the, the full thing, was um let me see what I mean what do you get in return? Uh, if it's just right, the pro so, shop, that stinks. No, so it's not. So he gets a um two signed Brady jerseys and a helmet, uh an autographed Mike Evans jersey and the game worn cleats, thousand dollars in store credit, two season tickets for the rest of this season and all of next season as well as then Tom Brady's hooking him up with um, like a full like Bitcoin. A full so, one Bitcoin. Damn, that's actually a lot though. Yeah, that is a lot. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> All right. So he actually is getting like, okay, a, so just, that's, just for giving that's it much back. better. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not just a thousand. Like, I don't know, like the value, everyone's saying like, oh, he could get $500,000 for the football. It's like, okay, but I don't think he is that fan that much, really, but... I don't think he's going to get that much either, but like, is he really going to sell it? Probably not. He'd probably keep it. I feel like that, like, as if you're a fan, like, he's a fan of the Bucks or a fan of Tom Brady or both. So, like, that's awesome. Like, I would, you know, just for mm-hmm. all he did was catch a ball that was thrown at him and he gave it back and he gets all that. He didn't, he couldn't have got, he could have got shit. But, you know. That's good. That's a happy ending to that story. Yeah. So, it is what it is. Like, I think that's a fine trade. I'd take that every day. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, especially if it's, like, season tickets. Like, I'd just take season tickets for the rest of the season and next season because, Hey, guess what? The Bucks are really good. So it's like that's yeah. awesome. Like it's not like to the Lions, like or the Jets. Yeah, that's that that's that's true. I okay. That that makes me feel better. I'm glad I brought it up so that and, I could have that story. Like, he's getting hooked up with Bitcoin from Tom Brady. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. I mean, you know. And all the signed helmet and jerseys. So all right, let's uh let's go to week eight preview. So we actually started We got some news. We have some news here. Um Devontae Adams tested positive for COVID, start of the week. It's really looking very doubtful that he will be able to play, considering he needs to have, like, two positive tests. And yeah, and so the, the Packers play Thursday night this week. So he if you're listening, when this comes out, that's today. Yeah, he tested so positive on Monday. Yeah. He is vaccinated, so... In theory, there might be a situation, you know, where he's not positive for as long as he would be unvaccinated. Um, but, you know, it's hard yeah, to tell I, I where in the, the timeline in he place, is. Though, he has to be he has to give like he has to get two negative tests on different which, days, which and that yeah, didn't happen on Tuesday. I don't know if it happened today, but I haven't heard anything, so I don't think it did. But in yeah. theory, it would be like, 
you know, today he's negative and then tomorrow he's negative and he flies out on like a fucking private jet like an hour yeah. before kickoff. I, I, it's not happening, basically. Yeah, I it's it's und- you know, not looking good. And then obviously close contact, uh, Alan Lazard, who is unvaccinated, uh, who is unvaccinated. He is out. Yeah, he, he will be play. very firmly out for this week, yeah. possibly maybe even next week. I mean, with how yeah. long COVID hangs out in your system. Well, yeah, look, and, at, uh, look at Damian Williams. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and he, was, he missed a couple games. Yeah. And uh, I'd, I'd like to, you know, I don't know. I don't want to shame too hard, but hey, man, maybe maybe you should have gotten your shot, but whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this and, and also lost in the Devontae Adams and Lazard news. Uh, Joe Barry also has COVID, will not be <laughs> attending the game. They've already said uh, he will be staying in Green Bay. So going up against Kyler Murray and the explosive Cardinals offense, our defensive coordinator, who I, on the record, not a huge fan of, but I'd say they're probably still better with him there than with him not there. Right. Um, And then also missing... You know, the focal point of the offense, best receiver in football, arguably, and, you know, the heir apparent, uh, you know, Band-Aid backup that you might be able to eke it out with for one week. It's looking dire. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Arizona is going to be without J.J. Watt. They already ruled him out, but, like, does... I, I think uh, DeAndre Hopkins is questionable but expected to play as mm. of... Uh, Wednesday night when we're recording, so we'll see how that plays out. But even without those guys, I don't think the Cardinals' offense is going to have a super hard time with the Packers' defense. Yeah. Um. The only the only stat that you know kind of gives me some hope about this game, the Packers are six and zero under Matt Lafleur when Devontae Adams is not playing, and so there is something to be said for kind of a you know you you zag when everyone else zigs and maybe you know without. The Devontae Adams security blanket, the offense becomes a lot more scheme centric, a lot more kind of spread out and balanced, and it requires other guys to show up. But if you yeah. can execute that, like we're not, I don't know, we could get killed. That's that's within their own possibilities, but there is a world where the Packers do still pull out a win here. It's just going to be very difficult. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, I think it's, this is a game where, because the, I mean the the Packers they don't have like you you look at the the teams of like in the NFC Packers are probably like when people talk about like the Cardinals the Rams the Bucks you know mm-hmm. the Packers like the, the, the Packers are not going to be ahead of those teams for a lot of people um, just based on who they've played or their strength their, how they've won games they haven't really had I feel like necessarily a clean game like a fully clean game uh they've won they found they've won six straight like that's, i mean we've had always we've had some and, multi-score games in there though that... yeah but i i understand but they, there's moments in there that like that get like swung in the in the packers favor, and that's not like detracting from the packers i'm just saying like i feel like a lot of people aren't as confident as they are no in, say, the and, I, I, and the bucks and, and i think that you know week one well, you can't ignore it. You know, I would say it's yeah. it's not really indicative of either of those teams moving forward. But I think that that's still that was such a shocking Jarring. route. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that it's still you can't ignore it. And so there's that aspect where that hasn't happened to, you know, teams like the Cardinals or the Bucks, really. Um, yeah, but 
I don't know. I think there's still, like I said, there's some hope for this game. And if the Packers can pull out a victory down Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith, I think Preston Smith's probably going to be out. Kevin King, like there, I mean, I mean, stuff is piling up at this point. It'd be a great time for a bye week. And we don't have one of those for a while still. Um, but if we can pull out a victory on the road, under those conditions, then I think you're going to have to take the Packers very seriously. Oh, no, for sure. That said, that being said you know, it's it's unlikely. I I actually think this is just the way narr- this narrative is being built up here. I just, just the universe. I just see this being an Aaron Rodgers having a unbelievable game with essentially no name guys, you know, out there and being the seven and O team, like on the road in prime time. Like I just, I, I've 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 seen it happen too many times for me to be like this. This smells like it's coming. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I F- just, file it away in your brain. Uh, it's a Robert just, Tunyon game. I he was warming think. up this last week. He got a touchdown. He still stinks at blocking, but we'll we'll deal with it. Um, this this could be him, and then also an Aaron Jones game. I mean, Aaron Jones is going to be fucking everywhere. If I had to if guess. If they shut down Aaron Jones, then I think that's a problem. If Aaron Jones is very productive, then but he's going to be like in the receiving the game. He's going to no, be know. in the I'm running saying, game. Like, I don't expect Dylan to get a ton of touches after coughing the ball up twice last week. Yeah, like I think that's probably the Cardinals' number one defensive priority in this game. I'd imagine it's going to be is neutralizing him and making Aaron beat you with Equinemius St. Brown and yeah, Kylan Hill and I don't know all these people. MVS um, may be back, so expect a, expect a crucial drop from him at some point in this game. Yeah. Um, all right, another switching to gears here. Going to primetime on Halloween, Sunday night, back from the bye. Oh, I actually asked you first. First, uh, what do you think the line is? Cardinals minus six. Cardinals minus six and a half, over under 50 and a half. So points. Some points, yep. Um, all right, then Sunday night, we got the boys traveling to Minnesota, take on the Vikings. This is going to be uh, cool. This is going to be fun. I, I think this is actually, this has the marking. I mean, obviously, I think both of our games have a potential for, like, the most exciting or most entertaining game of the week. Yeah. Um, I think that just offenses are both looking good. Um defenses the vikings get have are still some even after a bye still tied for the league with most sacks which is we have only two less sacks than we did all of last year um and we've played 10 less games which is a great change um very welcoming to having daniel hunter back obviously trayvon Diggs, he's either gonna give you give up a massive touchdown or a big play or he'll get a pick like it, he's just yeah pick you six. know boomer bust and i think I, if you're the Vikings, don't be afraid of that. Like, go after him. Like, he, he gives up yards. Like, that's what's crazy about it. Like, you know, it's, as I mentioned before, yes, he's a ball hawk. He can get, he can get an interception, but he also is a gambler. Like, he mm-hmm. will give up big yardage plays and quarterbacks are playing very well. Uh, running game for Zeke, it looks really good. Dalvin's back fully healthy. Even if not, our run game is still producing well. Um, I'm excited about this game. I think. I feel that like makes me a loud crowd. I, I feel like this game, kind of the Cowboys and the Vikings this year. I mean, you wouldn't know it by looking at the records, but it's kind of the Spider-Man meme where yeah. 
you have, you know, multiple good receivers, kind of a really good running back, and then kind of like a, you know, a mini-me kind of another guy behind him that's good and utilized, but not the star, and then the quarterback who has been putting up good numbers this year. I mean, and then kind of a, a defense that, is susceptible, you know. So I yep. think I mean I wouldn't be shocked if this was like the highest over under. I mean, week. currently the, the the Vikings right now are the sixth rated defense by DVOA, which is crazy. I just they are they've been this year epitome of bend don't break. Like they yes they give up some yards here and there, but you know they're not they're they're buckling down when they need to, and and I think this is a situation like we yes we're three and three but we've our our three losses have come by a combined 11 points and that was to the undefeated cardinals the five and two Bengals, and the browns (laughs) and i i just think the four and three browns and it's just i don't know and this is a we're a weird team this game is going to come down to the final like the final possessions like this is going to be a one score game and that's great to have in prime time. Like we, we're not a team that's not going to blow anyone out. We're not. We're probably not going to get blown out a lot of the times. And that's really frustrating for a, if you're a fan of the team, but really entertaining to watch. It's just, I don't are, know. Are you are you scared of the uh, oh, the return of Mike McCarthy? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Scared <laughs> what did you Mike think McCarthy. I was going to say? I don't know. I, I, just I'm in general, scared. are you are yeah. you scared? Yeah, man. Spooky it game, Halloween. It being on Halloween night too. It's like, oh god. I just this is. Just I, I almost my asked, Sunday night. I almost asked like right when you started talking about it if Diggs was going to cover Diggs, and I was like, wait a minute, no, he <laughs> will not. No. Um. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I I think it's all good. This game's going to come down to who can make the opposing quarterback more uncomfortable and just, yeah, you know, they're yeah, both, this, both this is one of those well. games where hopefully, you know, when the Vikings are in prime time, I just want it to be entertaining, you know, and I feel like we're going to get that here or yeah. I'm, I'm not really allowed in my uh, apartment to openly root against the Vikings. So I just have to like do it inside and then out of my mouth, like just comes like, oh, what a strange decision by them to go for it, you know. And I got to be very <laughs> neutral, so this is going to be good for me. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think the line is? I'm gonna say Vikings minus two. No, Vic Vic Cowboys. Cowboys minus two. Almost again. Cowboys minus one and a half. Uh, I almost get to the Vikings, and I was like, no, there's no way Vegas would do that with you know, <laughs> three and three versus what are the boys? They're five and one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Over under set 55. It is the, the largest amount. Smash uh, the over. Yeah. Don't listen the, to them. It's the largest amount uh, of the week compared to the lowest, which I think is the 49ers Bears, which is at 39 and a half. So that that's, makes a certain kind of sense. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know this. I'm nervous, obviously, but I I think this could be a really big win just because, yes, the Cowboys have, have won five game five of six games. But I don't know. A lot of their questions, I, I, I question their strength of victory a little bit like they're. I don't yeah. know. They've they've played the Giants, the Eagles, you know, yes, the, the Panthers. We so did we, but. This they beat the Chargers gracefully. Good, you know, we'll see. What? What'd you say? I said this clip will age gracefully. 
Yeah, of course. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be a close game. I don't. I, I mean, I guess I beating think... you would improve their like strength of victory with a three and three record. You know. Yeah, but you know. All right, other game I want to highlight. Not many, just because there's a lot of one-sided yeah, games. Everything sucks this week. It's ridiculous. The one that I did decide to look at, just because Tom hasn't been able to beat them um, oh. in the regular season, Tampa Bay going to New Orleans. The Saints are four and two, so keep that eh. in mind. Eh. It's I think they're the worst four and two team. Like I just yeah, that's a I don't big mess for me. Like, they beat the Seahawks. Like, they sh- really should. Like, the Seahawks just beat themselves. The Seahawks' offense was slightly better. They win that game. I just, I don't know. This this probably won't be that close of a game. But because the Bucks have had troubles against the Saints. But when the know, Bucks we'll had see. trouble against the Saints, they lost both of these games last season. But the one that they lost, huge and embarrassing fashion, it was, was in, week in one. Tampa Bay. Yeah, well, and it was also week one. It was the first first game I think for them with Tom Brady. So like a lot of no, no, games, it wasn't. Like, it wasn't week one, was it? I think I think it was. Okay, I'm gonna fact check, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, but regardless, I mean, divisional matchup. We'll see. I don't have a lot of expectations for the Saints to hang around in this one. Um. Oh, you're no, no, no. Okay, so the one that was at New Orleans was the week one where they lost 34 uh, 23. But the one that I'm talking about um, was in Tampa where they lost 38 to 3. That's what I'm talking uh, about. Yeah. That wasn't week one. What when, when was that one? That was week. Now I got to count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Week nine. So close oh, to where we're at now, they, honestly. They, make, they probably went on their bye, and then they played the Vikings, I bet. Yeah, probably. and so, I mean, that, and that one was in Tampa, so it's not like you can say that, like, they got blown out in the Superdome last season because they didn't. No, but they I still, yeah, I mean, they still have not beaten them in the regular season. They just can't beat them. Um, so this is a big game. I don't, I think they will. I think the Bucks are just, just very good still. <laughs> you know, Tom's probably arguably playing, like, his best football, which is crazy to say. Yeah, um, he threw what was it five touchdowns last week? I think just four. Uh, just just four, yeah. Yeah, but he's thrown twenty one touchdowns this year. Um, that's a lot. It's a lot of touchdowns. I mean, at, at age how old is he? Forty forty five. A hundred. Uh, yeah, I think he's forty five. Um, I don't care enough 44. to look it up. Either way, he's projected to throw. 5,200 yards, 48 touchdowns, and only seven picks. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just stupid. That's decent. It's, it's dumb, man. And, uh, you know, he continues to get better, which is crazy. Um, so that's that's my uh, last game I kind of want to look at or highlight. Before we move on, I want to call one more game to the stand just for one very specific reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is addressed to Dan Campbell. This is the week, dude. You have to win this game. You are playing the Eagles. They are like two and five. They stink. Miles Sanders home. is hurt. You're at home. I mean, this, it, this is, this is the, you know, come back with your shield or on it game. You yeah. need to win this game or you run a very real risk of 0 and 17. And I, 
you know, division rival, all that stuff on the table. I don't want that for Dan. I don't think he has enough tears, you know, to to facilitate a season like that. I think he will be all dried out like SpongeBob at the end of the SpongeBob movie. <laughs> they have to go zero and seventeen. So that was the only other thing I wanted to touch on before we uh, move on from the preview. All right, let's uh, let's go to two minute drill. All right, so, I have four. I as well. I have four as well. So right, I don't know. I go can, first. See if you can get the the pattern of mine. It's it's pretty complicated. Oh boy. All right, you're gonna all go right. first. Yep. Ready, set. Is Tua a franchise quarterback? No. No, he is Ooh. not. He'll be a great backup somewhere, but he's not the guy. So so you could say he's a bust. <clears throat> yeah, I guess. Huh? Uh, I mean, look who was drafted behind him. But, uh, okay, um, will the Chiefs make the playoffs? Yes. Yes, they will. Come on. Um, will Deshaun Watson be traded? Yes, he'll be traded. I don't know if he'll play once he's traded because that depends on the commissioner exempt and stuff like that. But I think he will be traded because they don't want to keep him, you know, and he doesn't want to stay there. Yeah, but they seem to be holding strong on the the cost, which is someone. I don't know. Someone, someone's going to pay team, for it, man. Yeesh. Someone, you need a quarterback. It's bad. Uh, let's see. Will the Saints make the playoffs? Uh, no. No, they will not. Uh, um, where do you where do the Titans rank in the NFL like hierarchy? The Titans are in. There isn't really like one team that I put at the top of the AFC. I put several teams at the top of the AFC. The Titans and the Ravens, I think, are the the two best. I guess you could maybe toss the Bengals in there, but I think I'd put them one down. What about so, the Bills? The Bills lost to the Titans. I put the Titans, Bills, and Bengals in the B tier. Mm, okay. Um, will the Colts make the playoffs? Um, you getting the pattern? Yeah, this seems to be you're just asking me <laughs> if teams make the playoffs or not. I didn't uh, forget two minute questions. We talking about no, that. no, I, I I don't think they will. They won't. I think they're gonna they're gonna have a valiant push, but I don't I don't see them winning. I now with how the good the Titans look, I think their only hope was taking the uh, division. I don't I don't think it's gonna happen. Hmm. Um, and my last question is: Are the Browns better with Baker or Case at quarterback? The Browns are better with Baker when he's healthy. Um, I think you saw that at the end of last season, and I think. Yeah, I've been pretty harsh on Baker this year. I think he was playing through some injuries that were causing him to miss some throws and stuff like that. I don't think Baker's awesome. So you're walking but he's back your takes. Unbelievable. That's what I do. I make splash statements and then I slowly walk them back. That's like <laughs> most of what I do. Um, all right, my last question. I think you probably know where this is going. Will the Vikings make the playoffs? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Yes, we will. Not, you're not going to think about it. Not even for like no. a minute. No, if we're if we're having to beat out teams like the Falcons, Bears, Panthers, Niners, like yeah, we're we're gonna make the playoffs. Um, and, and I can even argue, I think the Saints drop down. Like maybe the Saints make it, just depending on how bad those teams that is named end up. Um, I expected a little bit more from teams like Washington and 
and the Niners, but I uh, I like the Vikings' chances of making one of the seven playoff spots. Yeah, based on how the NFC has done so far in seven weeks. All right, fine. Two minutes. <laughs> None um, of your answers to my questions were fun. I want that on the record. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean what, 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 what do you want me to say here? I, I want I, you to say that the Chiefs and the Vikings weren't going to make it. And the Saints and the Colts were, and you said the opposite. I went opposite. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't couldn't help you. I'm I mean, sorry I didn't really believe you. that you would shit on the Vikings like that, but you know, there's there's always a chance. Yeah, maybe. I'll ask again uh, next week. That'll just be my last yeah. two minute question. Every week. I, I still, I mean, I feel I feel good about it, is because I as I mentioned about our three losses, like we've been in every single of those games, like. You can make a state. You can make an argument. We should have won those games. We could have, and you know, I'm sure. Yeah, we have a couple of wins that we maybe shouldn't have won, but like, I don't know. Like, is what it is. Yeah. Um. So, lot feeling a lot better than I did last year. So I'll say that. Um. All right. I think that's gonna do it. So we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh. Thanks for listening to another episode of Third and Forever, presented by Ten Thousand Takes. You can go to their website at Ten K Takes. Uh, mn.com and find them on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. If you just search 10K Takes, you can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at third underscore forever 10K, where we post our episodes each week, as well as clips of the episode, links, memes, content, reactions, videos, anything you want. Um, we post that each week uh, throughout the weeks, as well as uh, links to Kevin and I's socials on there, where we're a little bit more active uh, during the week. Uh, I've been your host, Adam Oz, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Olm. Kevin, final words. Yeah, well, soon, Devante.